so blessed that all of you uh, took time to join us this morning. Um, got a couple of things, you know, before, you know we're, we're in a series called Daring Faith, and um, I was just thinking about that. You know, it's like one of those words, it's like saying, believing belief or something. It's like faith has got to be daring, right? You know, but uh, yeah, that's what we're on. But I wanted to, you know, like part of it is our children are also um, going through um, uh, some lessons on daring faith as well. And so if you're a parent, uh, if you go to our website, you know, kcfhawaii.org, and on the upper right-hand side, like, there's, like, you know, you can touch that, like, on your phone, and it takes you to a place called Youth. You just look around, and there's menu options. You click on to Youth, and um, under Youth, you'll see preschool and elementary um, age, and you click that, and it'll give you the lessons that the kids are going through right now. So like lesson one was believe, lesson two is trust, lesson three was imagine, and lesson four. So as a parent, you can kind of see where your kids are at. And also, um, you know, there's a verse every week. And what, what you might want to do is just like, you know, start uh, making it a practice with, with your families to start memorizing scripture together. So you say, okay, hey, the verse this week is Ephesians 3.20. And you kind of go around the table, and if they get the verse, they get to eat. If they don't, they don't get the verse, they don't eat. Or what you could do, if that's like a little too mean, because some of you are like nice, what you do is you have um, like Brussels sprouts, and you have steak. And if you get it right, you give them the steak. And if they don't, you just get Brussels sprouts or whatever. I like Brussels sprouts, but whatever. But, you know, it's right there on that. The other thing is, you know, this whole year um, is starting a season where we feel like, got to say, we've got to... We've got to keep first things first. And, and, you know, we gather as a church not just to, just to enjoy and just get away from the world, but it's really to, to grow in our relationship. It's called discipleship. It's grow in our relationship with the Lord, but also grow. And part of discipleship is you share with others and you go out and you help others develop this relationship with the Lord. And so that's what discipleship is about. And for a number of years, you know, I've been wanting to, to, to um, use this tool that's out there. So in your bulletin, there's like an insert like this. You can just grab that. If you don't have a bulletin, then bummers. Okay, but um, no, nah, but it's, 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 it's this um, insert, and it's, it's, by, it's about Right Now Media. And Right Now Media is like... Is like um, a Christian discipleship YouTube is kind of what it is. It has videos and teachings about anything and everything. And it's for everybody and anybody, you know, that um, there are, there's curriculum, there's, there's teaching for like even in life groups, in our small groups, we're going to be using that. So if you're a, a small group leader, a life group leader, you have a whole lot of um, of, of material to choose from. They're all topical, or you can do whatever, you know. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, for children, there are, uh, there are, there's a lot of videos and stuff for children, for youth. Our youth ministry is going to start using that. But the thing is, you don't have to come to church for that. You don't have to come to our service, I should say. You know, like at home, if, if you're wondering, like, what, what can we do tonight? Or, you know, just, just nothing is really, um, you know, I mean, you know, you just look at the TV, you're concerned with all the programming. 
Um, you know, what it is, you can just log in and it's, you know, you can go on your phone, your iPad, you can go Android, uh, you have Apple TV, you can put it on there, Roku, you can put it on there, you know, Fire, whatever Amazon's thing is, Chromecast, whatever. Uh, you can log in on that. And, and there's things for anybody and everybody. So it's like, man, kids, I don't know what to do. Then just go there. There's a whole bunch of VeggieTales stuff. And the greatest thing about it is all free. It's all free. And what we're going to do is today at about 11 o'clock, um, you're going to get an email from our church giving you instructions on how you can log into this. Because it's free. All you got to do is you got to log in and, and it's, it's there. And it's, um, it's for everybody. You know, we pay a certain monthly fee for this, but it's for everybody that comes to our church. And so, like, you know, you might be waiting in the car, waiting for somebody, just, you know, whatever, you know. Okay, so take advantage. So 11 o'clock today and all that. Now, if you, if, if, you know, if you think like, ah, that's not for me, whatever, which I don't see why you would, you can always opt out as well. But um, take advantage, all right? Just take a look. Um, there's like amazing, amazing resources. This is a resource that, um, man, I, I would say that this is, take advantage of that. I mean, Jimmy Mishrell, you just, you're going to, this, Lydia, you're just going to like, yeah. She's never going to watch TV again because she's going to be doing this, all right? <clears throat> so, you don't have email? Bummers. So, yeah? So, huh? Yeah, so what we're going to do is if, like, um, you don't get um, a... Uh, um, an email from us uh, about 11 o'clock today, then um, we're going to have some sign-ups from next week that you can sign up for that, yeah. And if you don't have an email, just get one, okay? I mean, yeah, but, um, and if, you know, and that's why, yeah, so just, yeah, so if you don't sign up, so if you don't get an email today at about 11, come back next week, sign up, okay? So we'll just sign up people up for the next uh, so many weeks. All right? <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about faith, and, you know, it's like when you're a Christian for a while, you just almost, like, kind of take faith for granted in a way. It's just kind of weird. It's just one of those words that Christians use. But, but why is faith so important? You know, why, why, why do we do a series? Why do we exhort people? Why do we encourage people to grow in faith. Why is faith so important? And, and faith is really important to us uh, more than we know and more than we believe at times because, because, because life is, is really uncertain, right? Things could be going along really, really well. And all of a sudden, just some, life comes, punches you in the gut. You just don't know what's going on. You know, you might be great one minute, the next minute uh, not. You know, um, life, there's a lot of great times, there's some heartbreaking times. You know, it can be really nice weather and all of a sudden it's like stinking cold, right? How many of you had, um, this past week, had ramen or simon or some kind of noodle stuff this week? How many of you guys had this week? Okay. Now, how many of you had some kind of soup this week? See? How many of you had ice cream this week? <laughs> all right. Um, after service... Um, we're going to have prayer. You can come here for No, but um, how many of you had shave ice this week? 
Ah, see that? Yeah, shave ice. Ice cream I can see, but shave ice, you got to kind of... Anyway, but, but life is really uncertain, right? And um, you can go through tragedies and all that. And the thing is, it's, it's really faith. It's faith that's going to keep you going. It's faith that kind of keeps you in the game, you know? Or, you know, there are people all around us, and you know people, I know people that, that need hope, right? That they need hope, some encouragement, some answers, um, they're going through a really hard time. Someone at work, someone in your family, someone in your neighborhood, just, you just know people. And, and they could use a little good news, right? And, and how do we become people who will have eyes to see, you know, uh, have ears to hear, um, would be able to feel and love people enough to bless them. You know, sometimes we hear at work and we hear someone that goes through a really hard time. You know, how do, we, how do we become people who will take a little step and just to bless them and then get to know them a little better? Maybe you, you kind of know them, but you don't really know them. But you're going to take that step to get to know them. And then you're going to take another step as you get to know them and you get to hear their story and, and you take another step and say, you know what? Can, 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 can I pray for you? Because I've seen God do some amazing things. And we've got to take a step of faith there, right? Just like, oh, what if they say no? And they might say like, oh, well, you know, I'm not religious. And, and you can just say, well, I'm not religious either, but, but, but God answers prayer. If you, I would love to pray for you. And I've had very few people say, no, that's okay. But, but how do we become people who are blessed and, and get to know people on a deeper level and, and, and begin to minister God's love to them? And that when God does something amazing in their life, we take that step and you say, you know what? And they come back to you and they say, I, I don't believe it. I think it was your prayer. Your prayer worked, right? And then we take that next step and, and we say, you know what? It wasn't me. What really happened was God was showing you how real he is and how much he loves you. And he sent Jesus and you just share the gospel with them. Now, how do we become people who share God's love that way? You know, we got to have faith. We got to have faith. You know, we just, we, we, can't, we can't do that on our own. But that's where faith takes us. You know, George MacDonald says, it is thyself, talking about God, and neither this nor that, nor anything told or taught or dreamed of that keeps us living. And it's our faith. It's our faith in an all-powerful God that keeps us living, that keeps us going, and empowers us to just share his love with the people around us. In order for us to just make it through, navigate through this life, all the ups and downs, to share his love and go out and make disciples and just share God's love with the people. we got to have faith. It's faith is what we need. We just can't do it on our own. You know, daring faith is really all about putting our trust, putting all of our trust in God and God alone because he has the power we need. See, when, when we understand how powerful God is and that, that, that he wants to work through us, and we have that expectation that, oh, man, I got it. You know, because God's power. 
That's daring faith. Romans 4.21. Paul says, being fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised. Do you believe that? Are you fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he's promised? See, that's, that's what daring faith is all about. Hebrews 11.1, 1. you know, we talked about this, we talk about this every week. Faith is what? Is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance for what we do not see. Yeah. Faith is believing something that's not here yet. See, that's faith. I love what Dr. Martin, you know, we, we saw that speech last week, if you were here, you know, that, that famous speech, Dr. Martin Luther King, and he said this. I love this quote. He says, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. That's what faith is. Faith is just taking that first step. You don't know where it's headed. You don't know where it's going. You don't know how many steps, but you're willing to take that step. And I wanted to share something this morning that's really important about faith. You see, when we think of faith, there's like two sides of that coin of faith. On one side, there is God, right? And there's this all-powerful God, all-knowing, all-wise, all-everything God that, you know, that, that has the power to do everything he promises. That's one side of faith. And we got to have that side. Now, the other side of faith, that coin of faith, um, is, is really what we do with that truth. God can be all-powerful. God can be all this. But the other side of that is, is do we believe? Do we trust that, that he is all that? You know, and that's the other side, that there is God's kuleana, that he's going to do everything he says, but there is ours. We've got to believe that we've got to take some action. Daring faith is not just sitting there and, and listening and, 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 and going through a small group um, material and getting all inspired but not doing anything. Because faith, that's an action verb. It requires us to do something. And and the whole question is this this morning is, will we trust our God who is all-powerful and we will, will we step out and give him our very best? Are we going to be people of daring faith who will give God our very best? Not, not just okay, but give him our very best. You know, because human nature is such that Unless we're really, really, really passionate about something, um, or even that wanes. But what happens is we give just enough, you know, that we'll give just enough. Um, back when um, they were in the, in the times of the Old Testament, when there were uh, uh, offerings that needed to be taken, what they began to do, people began to think like, hey, you know what? Like, we're supposed to take the best of our animals and sacrifice them. But if we do that, it's kind of pull hole because they're going to die, right? So we'll keep all the good ones. And if you got like three-legged goats, that's the ones to, to or you know, the, the, you know, the two-headed sheep or something that's just weird, let's just sacrifice that because they're not good for us anyway, right? And, and, and they did the very least. And that's inside of all of us as well. We just want to just do enough. You know? Like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, I, I think I'm supposed to go to church. I'll just, I just do that. But daring faith, and what God is telling us is, is giving God our very, very best. 
Mother Teresa, you know, when I get to heaven, you know, when I get to heaven, one of the first people after I see Jesus and give him a high five is I got to look for Mother Teresa, you know. And I kind of have a feeling because she knows how much I, I love her, so she's going to look for me too. Mom Teresa is going to be there. Anyway, mom, mother, mom. <laughs> mother Teresa says, be faithful in small things because it is in them that your strength lies. That we don't got to have all, but we just got to be faithful and we got to trust God for the everyday things, you know? That that's what daring faith, not just trusting God for the most gigantic thing we have, that too, but it's for the little things. Ben Carson says this, through hard work, perseverance, and a faith in God, you can live your dreams. How do you live your dreams? Hard work, perseverance, no. You got to have, you got to have faith in God. Jesus said this in Matthew 19. With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Man, I I don't, wouldn't it be so great if we were people who believe that all things are possible with God? How would that change our lives? How would that change your life? If you just... You, you could take it to, you just believe with all your heart that with God, all things are possible. You see, that's daring faith. And we got to give God our very best. In 2 Timothy 2, Paul encourages us on how we can walk in daring faith and give God um, our very best. He says, 2 Timothy 2, verse 3, join with me in suffering. Oh, great. Oh, joy. You know? But he says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. And then he says, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive the share of the cross. Reflect on, this, on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. And what Paul is doing, he's, giving, he's using analogies of three very, very familiar things, right, for most everybody, um, that he's using these three things to teach us how we can give God our very, very best. And so the first thing is that he's saying, daring to give God my best like a soldier. Yeah, that's how we do it. That, that, that what does it mean to give God our very, what does it mean to live with a daring faith? It means daring to give God my best like a soldier. Yeah, that you give God your best. How do you do that? Think of a soldier. Yeah, think of a soldier Join with me, he says, like a good soldier. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian things, but he was rather there to please his, what? His commanding officer, you know? A good soldier's goal isn't to please themselves. That's what he's saying. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, the most important thing is to follow the marching orders of their commanding officer. And they give up a lot of things to follow their commanding officer's orders. They give up comfort. You know, imagine and think of all the comfort that soldiers give up to serve others. You know, that, that they, they go out and serve in the heat or cold or peacetime and wartime. 
you know, the commanding officers, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. They give up their free schedule, they give up their freedoms just to serve. And Paul is saying, that's what it's like. You know, and I was kind of meditating on that, and I was thinking about the 442, you know, uh, the 442 here in Hawaii, and um, I thought about that, that famous battle where they went to save that lost battalion, you know, um, from Texas. And, and groups had gone up. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't reach um, that battalion. And they went up, and they did what no one else could. And I, I think they, they lost, um, I think there were like over 800 casualties that they suffered. But, but through all that hardship, they went up, and they rescued that battalion. Now, here's the thing, though. I was thinking about that. I think, yeah, that's a great thing. But this was a group of young men who, at, before the war, they, they, they joined up, and there was this uh, group that um, they, they, they started. A bunch of them started from the University of Hawaii, and they gathered together, and they were going to serve this country. And then when Pearl Harbor happened and all that stuff, you know, they were saying, nope, can't join. Sorry. You know, because you're Japanese. And a bunch of them got really upset and really angry and bitter even. And all of a sudden, they said, you know, these key people were there. And they said, no, you know what? We got to do what's right. We're going to serve. And a whole group of them came together. And they began to serve a country that said, nah, we reject you guys because of the way you folks look. You're not real Americans. And they started off digging ditches and, and building things because, because the, 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 the military didn't want them in positions where they could, you know, um, do damage. And eventually, you know, it got to a point where they allowed them to serve. And I think of the mindset that these, these young men are going to fight for a country who's rejected them, who there's a group of people from Texas who we don't know, probably all rednecks, right? And we got to go up there and try to save them. But they went because they were commanded to do so. And they went and they did what they were supposed to do. And I thought about that, and I think, you know, what is, what, is our, what is our attitude when it comes to following Christ? Do we have that kind of attitude? Or do we have all these excuses? I got a whole bunch of excuses why I can't. It's too much hardship. I'm too busy. I'm too this. I'm too that. I got other things that are more important. You know? And a good soldier... A good soldier walks beyond their own comfort and all their hardships to follow their commanding officer. And I think, what are your, what are your hardships? What are the hardships that you're going through? You know, what are the things that make following Jesus uncomfortable for you? you know? Is it the discomfort of being different from others or living a kind of life that kind of goes against the flow. You know, what? You believe what? You know, people look at you different. You know, 
It's not easy doing the right thing. It's not easy doing the right thing, the God thing. What about forgiving? It's not easy to forgive. Right? It's hard to forgive. It's much easier to, to be, it's, it's a lot easier and more comfortable to really, I guess, even satisfying to get even, right? Revenge is a whole lot easier than forgiving. It's harder to be kind. It's harder to be forgiving. It's harder to be unselfish than it is to be selfish. And so the question is, if we're to give God our very best, like a soldier, the question is, who are, who are you sacrificing your desires and comforts for? Like, at the end of the day, when you look at your life, who are you willing to sacrifice things for? Who are you willing to put up heart with hardships for? Is it, is it your kids? Is it your, your spouse? You know? I mean, is it, and I hope you all did something, especially you men types, did something for your Valentine's this, this, this week. What I should have done last week was I should have had a seminar because no one is more romantic than me. Anyway, but, but, but who are you sacrificing for? You know? Because we're going to sacrifice. We all sacrifice. Some of you guys never washed your car in your life. But when what's-her-name came along, oh, you wash, you polish, you even vacuum inside. Or at least, if like some of you, at least you did half of the car. The halfway, you know that, right? Who are you sacrificing your desires and comfort for? And what Paul is saying, that Daring faith means we give God our very best. Now, are you going to settle for comfortable? Are you going to settle for this comfortable form of faith? You know, that you know, I get to do what I want to do. I get to follow on my terms. Oh, it's a little too cold today. I don't think I'll go to service. You know, I'm really, really busy and you know, I got bowling, and I got soccer, and I got basketball, and I don't think I can join up with a small group. Can't do that. I'm really busy, you know. Oh, my kids, they got all this activity. You know? You're going to settle. Are you going to settle for a comfortable, comfortable form of faith? Or are you going to be like a soldier that says, I got a commanding officer, and what he says, I do. That's daring faith. And here's the thing. When, when we step out in faith, right? when we step out in faith, God meets us and he intersects our faith with his faithfulness. And that's when life gets exciting. It really does. You know, when you begin to sacrifice and you begin to say, God, you know what? I'm just going to trust. I don't know how I'm going to make this happy because I'm really, really busy. And right now, my school or my kids or my spouse or football or whatever is just the most important thing. And I'll give you whatever time I got left over. I mean, how exciting does life get? What do you see God do? But when you say, God, you're my commanding officer, whatever you says, I will do. And you see God come 
And where our mindset is, with man, man, this is impossible. When he intersects with his faith, we begin to live. But nothing is impossible with God. You see? Daring to, to give God our best, we give, it, give him our best like a soldier. Second thing is you dare to give God your best like an athlete. Like an athlete. You know, it says similarly in, in 2 Timothy, similarly anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except competing according to the rules. You know, and then, you know, in, in the Bible, the analogy of an athlete, um, it uses that a whole lot. You know, second, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Okay? That's the way it should be. There's no ASO in the Bible. Everybody don't win. One guy wins. Run in such a way. I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it um, to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike the blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I had preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified for the prize. And one of the things I admire about top athletes is their discipline. You know, their discipline. You know, I remember when I was working with the college uh, group at, at Moana Lua and um, one of our girls, in fact, um, Bill Tomoka was playing drums. His, his daughter was part of our group. And uh, she's going to bring in uh, a friend of hers. And, you know, she was a cheerleader. This guy was a, a football player. And his name was Chris Shinnick. And Chris Shinnick, uh, when he came, and, uh, you know, I was just goofing off. And I said, hey, so what, are you the, the punter? You know, and he was a defensive back, and he was a really good defensive back. And uh, what I marveled about Chris is his focus. I mean, he would just focus. Um, how he would eat, how he would train, he would just focus. You know, getting to know Kirk, Kirk Cousins, same thing, man. This is focus that they have, that, that, that athletes need to have if they're going to succeed, you know. That there are rules that they follow, you know. Um, not just rules of the game, but just in training, there are principles, there's diet things, you know, that they follow. You know, there's exercise and, and, and weight training and all these things that they follow. And, and they get up really early and they're disciplined, whether they have a game on Sunday or not, it doesn't matter. That they are focused. And, you know, you hear, you know, right around Olympic times, you hear about all those stories, you know, those on-the-side stories about how this athlete sacrificed everything to get that gold medal, right? And we hear about all that and how... They, they put their life, you know, if you want an Olympic medal, you put your life on hold, pretty much. They put their social life on hold, you know. They have a rigid schedule. They get up in the morning. They know exactly when, when they go to bed, the whole thing. Why do they do all that? Because they're focused and have their eyes on the prize. You know, they're looking and all their friends are going out. You know, but they got their eyes on the prize. And they said, nope. Nope. All their friends are eating fried chicken. Oh my gosh. 
what they're going to eat. Boiled chicken breast with steamed vegetables. <laughs> you, know? you know? They go to Outback. All their friends get that blooming onion things, you know, with, with like, like a quart of oil in that thing. Right? That I, I don't know anybody who could singularly eat that blooming onion thing. You eat like a little bit, like, oh, you're done. You know? And all your friends are there having blooming onions and steak and all that. Could I have some boiled chicken with vegetable, with, with salad? What kind of dressings? No dressing. See? Why do they do that? Focus. Paul is saying, daring faith is all about giving God our very best. Just like an athlete who, who disciplines themselves, who lives with this laser-like focus, you know? And their, their eye is on that prize and who's going to make the sacrifices necessary to win the race. Question is, what are you, what are you willing to do without in order to give God your very best? What are, what are you willing to do without to give God your very best? Paul says you got to be like an athlete. you got to have a focus. You know, one of the challenges I get, and I've always had, is, oh, God, I want, I want to see so much. I want to see, I want, to, I want my life to count. I want all this stuff. But I don't have a laser focus. I'm, fo- I'm focusing on that, this, that. You know, it's just crazy. You know, God... God says, Mark, focus on me. I do. And all of a sudden, I see a black Audi go by. Like, oh my, you know, it's just, right? Paul is saying, daring faith is giving God your very best. Like an athlete, you keep your eye on the prize. What is the prize? Jesus is the prize. What is the race? You're running to get more of Jesus and to share more of who Jesus is with the people around you. That's the race. See, this ain't home, right? Our home is in heaven. We got a race to run. What do we want to see at the end of our life? Oh, guess what? I got the three-bedroom house. I got the two kids, one of each, you know, the white picket fence. We're in a race. When we go home, man. We're going to get stuck. We're going to think, why did I even settle for all that stuff? And Paul is saying, it's a race. Daring faith is understanding that we're in a race and we're like an athlete. We need that focus. And again, when we focus and give God our very best, he, he, he meets our very best with his faithfulness. And that's when life gets exciting. It does. And then he goes on, he says, daring to give God my best is like being a farmer. You got to give God your best, like a farmer. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive his share of the crops. And then in 2 Corinthians 9, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, all, 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 you know, you will abound in every good work. 
as it is written, they have, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sore and bread for, the, for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your, um, your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And the Bible is saying this in these passages. We got 60, 70, 80, maybe even 100 years like a farmer planting here on earth. And the thing is, what he's saying is, is what you plant, you're going to reap. You know? That if you're a generous farmer and you're planting seed all over the place, you're going to have a lot of harvest. But if you plant sparingly and you hold back, your harvest is going to be real small. So what does that mean? What does that mean practically? He says, when, when you plant seeds of God's love generously, and that's more than just money, right? When you plant God's, uh, seeds of God's love, when you help someone else, when you are unselfish and you serve, when you put yourself out for the benefit of others, and you just keep doing, you're planting seed. You're planting seed. And what, what the Bible is saying, the more you plant, the more generous you are with your money, with your gifts, with your time, with all this. The more you plant, the more generously you plant, the greater your harvest is going to be. The greater your harvest is going to be. The more you plant, the more you will see. And when you dare to give God your very best, and that you're generous with everything you have, you're going to reap something amazing. You see, God is calling us. He says, remember, daring faith is being like a farmer. Yeah. A farmer is not, a farmer is a seed planter. He's not a seed collector. We don't want to, you know what, I, hey, check out to my house. See this, look at all the seed I got. Isn't that wonderful? Look at my collection. They're great. No, that's not what it's supposed to be. We got to just keep. And, and that's why, you know, if God has given you a gift and a passion to teach, then teach. If God's given you the gift of mercy, then go out and just sow seeds of mercy. You know, if you have, uh, if service is a spiritual gift, then you go out and you serve. Whatever God's given you, you just give that away. Because as one of the elders said at Mon Missionary Church, that is so true. Whenever we would be concerned, when we looked at our budget, and we looked at like, man, we got to give this, we got to do this, we got to give that. You know, what he kept reminding us is you just can't outgive God. You just cannot outgive God. And you know what? That's the truth. We just can never outgive God. God. God will always bless as you choose to be a blessing. <clears throat> because one of the things is, as you plant and you generously scatter those seeds, 
God will give you more seed to scatter. I mean, that's the crazy thing. If we hold on to our seed, like say like our money, we hold on to our money and we say, we can't give anybody any of this. Okay, you know, I'll give, I'll give them a dollar. So I got 99 left and I hold on. You know what? You're going to have 99. Great. Yay. But if you give it all, God's just going to keep giving God. You know, that's what happens. <clears throat> that's what I learned through my son John when he was little. He was like the most, I was going to say the S word, stupid, but I'm not going to. He was the most crazy, generous person I ever knew in my life. He was stupid, generous. I said it. He was stupid, generous. I'm glad, I'm glad your kid's not here because I just said the S word. But, but he would just give. And you know the crazy thing? John had always had more money than the other two kids. Why is that? He gave away the most because that's that principle. When you give it, God gives you, he just keeps blessing you. Why is he going to bless you? Because he knows you're going to give it away. You know? The guy who we doing this daring faith thing and all that, his name is you know, Rick Warren from Saddleback. He wrote that book, What on Earth Am I Here For? Sold millions and millions of copies. What he decided he's going to do is he first he told his, his church, hey, I don't need any more salary because the book money is been crazy. So what I'm going to do is all the salary that I've ever gotten from this church, I'm giving it all back to the church and no more salary. And he said, you know, instead of saying, well, I'm going to give out of my book thing, I'm going to give 10% and I'm going to live off the 90 he says, I'm going to give 70 or so away. I'm just going to live on the 30, whatever. And I'm going to tell you, Rick Warren is not living in poverty. But, but he understands you know, that daring faith is living like a farmer. And you just be generous. You just keep planting seed. And watch what God does. question is, what are you planting? How much are you planting? How much are you planning? This woman, her name is Megan, Megan McKenna. She wrote this crazy book called um, Parables, the Arrows of God. And um, every so often, you know, I, I like to read, like, like, um, like I have a book at home, you know, it's like C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis wrote a bunch of poems. It's like, kind of like poems for some reason. I think deep down inside, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to read and I want to be a poet in a way because then I can like rap. You know what I mean? Because those rap guys, they can rhyme. You know what I mean? So I think that's like a, a, a secret motive. I can be like, you know, the, the oldest rapper around, you know. But I, I kind of think about that. My kids are like, oh, dad, stop. But Megan McKenna wrote a book called Par- Parables, The Arrows of God. And she wrote this parable that is so applicable to here for, for us today. She said, there was a woman who wanted peace in the world and peace in her heart. But she was very frustrated. The world seemed to be falling apart. She would read papers, get depressed. One day she decided to go to the shop to go shopping, and she went to a mall and picked up picked out a store at random. Uh, she walked in, was surprised to see, I think that's Jesus behind the counter over there. So she looked again 
and again at him. And finally, she got up the nerve and went up to him and said, excuse me, are you Jesus? You know? And Jesus said, I am. Do you work here? Jesus said, no, I, I own this store. Oh, what do you sell? Oh, just about anything. Anything? Yeah, anything you want. What do you want? She says, I don't know. She says, well, feel free to walk up and down the aisles, make a list, and see what it is that you want. And then come back, and we'll see what we can do for you. So she does that. She goes and walks down the aisles making this list. You know, um, there were peace on earth, no more war, no hunger or poverty or peace in families, no more drugs, harmony, clean air, careful use of resources. She wrote furiously. By the time she got back to the counter, she had a long list. And Jesus took the list, skimmed through it, looked up at her and smiled, said, no problem. And so he bent down behind the counter and picked out all sorts of things and stood up and laid out packets in front of her. And she goes, what are these? And Jesus said, these are seed packets. This is a catalog store. And she said, you mean I don't get the finished product? No, this is a place of dreams. You come and you see um, what it looks like and I give you the seed, and you go and plant the seed, and you go home, and you nurture them, and you help them to grow, and someone else will reap the benefits. And she said, oh, and she left the store without buying anything. See, God, like last week what Dave was talking about, God's given us dreams. You know, God's given us big dreams and big visions. God's given us a vision for this church. That is far bigger than you and me. And God is going to give us seed. God has given us seed. But what we do with that seed, that's what's important. That's what daring faith is. How sad it would be for our lives and for this church that when people look at the counter in our lives, that what well, this is all these seed packets there, you know? transformed government, you know, educational system that's top in the country. All these different seed packets are there. And they're just there, waiting for us to do our part and to step out in daring faith. God's calling us to be a church and a people of daring faith that would take God at his word, that would look at life and look at following him like, like a soldier does. And we would be focused to the point where our life is all about pleasing our commanding officer and his name is Jesus. You know? That he that that, that we're to be a church that that like an athlete are just singularly focused on the prize. What's the prize? That we're in a race. We're not home. We're in a race. God has something for us. Are we going to reach and focus on that prize? You know? That, that we'll be a church that we understand that we're farmers. And we got seed. And and. What are we going to do with those seeds? That's the question. 
That's what daring faith is all about. It's about giving God our very best. Giving God our very best. You know. Why don't you stand? Let's pray. What we talked about today is easier said than done, right? It really is. Let's ask God for the faith to just really not just believe, but to, to, to act on what we believe, right? Father, we just pray now that it's clear. Paul's words to Timothy are very clear. We, we know, we see what soldiers, some of us have been soldiers here, and they know, God. We all see. But I pray we would have that mindset. The mindset of a soldier. That we would have the commitment and the attitude of athletes. To keep their eyes on the prize. That we all know the hardworking dedication of a farmer. And that we would grab hold of that. Help us to be people of daring faith. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.